Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios. National Mortgage Lender Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully. You make sure you mortgage confidently with Quicken Loans. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855 855- Two one two four two two seven. You send the tweets. You send them hot at Ken Carmen C A R M A N. We have the famous Tom D Benedetto joining us on the show. Tom, are you rooting for Matt D Benedetto to win the Daytona Five Hundred? Is he even running in the Daytona Five Hundred? Always. Uh, I have to look if he actually is. But if he is, I will absolutely be pulling for him. My boy Matt Tift, my local boy, running in the in the number thirty six Ford Fusion. He'll be starting 33rd. He'll roll off 33rd for the Great American Race. I'm pulling for him. He's a fine young man. I'm hoping the very best. I know he's one of the um, more underfunded teams. However, on the super speedways, they always have a chance to win. So always keep an eye out. And we also welcome in the fabulous Billy Jack Haynes, even though that's not his last name. It's just Billy Jack. Hello, Billy Jack. Hi, Ken. How are you? I want you by the end of the show. Do you understand this? I, I understand what that means, yeah. Uh, you need to know by the end of the show that you got to find some clips of Billy Jack Haynes so we can introduce you properly. Okay. But you got to find out which clips that we can use, and some of those are unusable because there's a lot of people going, who the hell is Billy Jack Haynes? And there's a lot of people who are laughing their asses off right now because I'm talking about you, Billy Jack, who has no idea about Billy Jack Haynes. And boy, you are about to find out about Billy Jack Haynes. Just go to YouTube, okay? Okay, well, I know the name. You've said it before. Yeah, oh yeah. And and some of them wrestling fans out there, oh, they are laughing because you are about to go on an odyssey, my friend. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do I got it two indeed. Hours. Coming up at 12.20, we got five burning questions. 12.20 p.m. Eastern, and then we'll get back into the Colin Kaepernick stuff. This is a controversial show. Spent a lot of time on Colin Kaepernick today. Wanted to get to the Joe Flacco stuff. We'll try to. I, I got to tell you, though, we're, we're running. What we're really doing as football fans, all we're really trying to do is avoid an awkward conversation. Because we've proven time and time again, we're going to get over it. We always do. Greg Hardy, we eventually got over it. Roberto Asuna in Major League Baseball, we got over it. Tyreek Hill, we got over it. Now, what I'm going to say is things that I don't agree with necessarily. I just know it the way it is. Three weeks ago, on my morning show, I argued with my buddy Anthony Lyman. I argued with my other buddy from The Athletic and and here on my home station, 92.3 The Fan, uh, Jason Lloyd, about Kareem Hunt. I said, I know the NFL is going to reinstate him at some point. I know he's a dynamite football player, and I know that he has a relationship with, with John Dorsey. I would support signing him. I would sign him if I were the Cleveland Browns. There is a difference. Because when John Dorsey says, well, you know, we don't condone those things. No, when you're signing them, giving them a second chance, that argument can be made. 
but I know that you wouldn't condone physical assault on a woman. But you also know that you need the best players for your football team. So when John Dorsey says that, I understand that what he said earlier this week was a whole lot of lip service because he can't tell you the truth. He can't tell you that he knows that the NFL is going to make him an eligible football player again. And he can't tell you that he knows he wants a talented football player that he drafted previously in Kansas City on his football team. He can't tell you that. He has to try to make you feel better about this choice. Because for us, we do have principles and morals and we try to pass those on. But the mistake that we make is we use professional sports as a conduit for those lessons that we should really be teaching and what we should be learning with each other. That's our mistake. The NFL's mistake is that they consistently force you to have to make a choice and to have to justify things you would never justify in any other walk of life. And I had every argument this week. And basically it boils down to the following. We've proven time and time again that no matter how outraged we are over a guy who hits a woman, no matter how upset we are, we'll get over it. The outrage, the hot takes of today, will be drowned out by the cheers coming up on Sunday. That's not just football. That's all professional sports. So what are we really trying to do? Because eventually we will, in turn, condone it. And even some of us, for whatever reason, will try to justify it. What do we really do? All we're trying to do is avoid an awkward conversation. All we want to do is to be able, we like it, but it's a luxury. We love to be able to say that our favorite football players are the right people and just and good people because most of us are right and just and wouldn't think about doing these things. But when we look through the annals of history, it it, it is littered in professional sports with guys who have had obscene demons, bad personal demons that have cost them and people around them that have taken advantage of them, that have been sociopathic, that have been psychotic, that have been downright mean and evil. But when we look back in history, we try to think the best of them as the player. I've said it many, many times. Lawrence Taylor, his most recent thing that he's done is cheating on his wife with a 16-year-old sex worker. But when we think about Lawrence Taylor, we think about a guy who dominated the game. That's not just Giants fans. That's everybody. We all do that. Jim Brown allegedly threw a woman over a balcony and is admitted to domestic violence. There's a statue of him outside the stadium in Cleveland. Ray Lewis participated in and plea dealed, plea deal, had a plea deal made for him out of double murder. There's a statue for him outside of Baltimore's football stadium. Joe Mixon hit a woman on video. They cheered for him when he was in Cincinnati. They cheered for him when he was in New England. They'll cheer for him. We'll do this all the time. And it's not that we think that these things are good, but because we're sports fans, the NFL forces us to make a decision. And no, it's not right. It's not right. I I can't say that I'm not a hypocrite. What did I just tell you at the beginning of this segment? Kareem Hunt's a good football player. And I know that the NFL will eventually reinstate him. And the basis of that argument is always, well, Ken, don't people deserve a second chance? He's a young man. Doesn't he deserve a second chance? Who the hell deserves, deserves a second chance? Nobody deserves a second chance. You can earn a second chance. 
You can go out there and, and try to do good deeds and try to rectify yourself. You can try to go out and show people that you have changed and you are not that type of person that we saw in that video. You can go ahead and do that. Deserve, though? You deserve a second chance? Nobody deserves a second chance in anything. If I'm working at a Hardee's and I hit a woman in a hotel, I'm getting fired from Hardee's. And I, they won't hire me again. They will not let me deserve a second chance to make a hamburger. I will not deserve that chance. They'll just get rid of me. You deserve a chance to play in the NFL, to make a to make a obscene amount of money to a lot of us, to be able to represent what we hold dear to ourselves because a football team or a baseball or a basketball team or a pro sports entity is an extension of ourselves and one of our fondest memories that we hold with ourselves and with our families and our friends. You deserve that? No way in hell do you deserve that. There's no, no such thing as deserve with a second chance. And really, what has Kareem Hunt done? He's gone on television. He did an interview on ESPN. Lisa Saunders did an interview with him. Iron that, that's it. There's been no outreach. There's been no, no nothing. There's been no money donated. There's been nothing. Over the course of time, he can go out and he can do good deeds and he very better well. He, he better very well do that. Talk to victims. Talk to domestic violence counselors. Talk to people who are activists in the street for domestic violence who talk to these people every day. Women who have been abused physically, mentally, over that period of time. And I've gotten every single argument for him this week. And again, I'm a guy who wanted to sign him. I've gotten every argument for him. Ken, Ken. You see the video, there's no difference between the video, or there's a big difference between the video of Kareem Hunt and the video with Ray Rice. One of all the hills for you to stand on. I don't know why you'd stand on that. That's the weakest hill you can stand on, and it really makes you look like an ass, but let's, let's visit that, shall we? If there were no video, say I did to my wife, say I drove back to North Ridgeville and hit my Lizzie the way that Ray Rice hit, my, hit his wife. Liz would call the cops on me. I'd go to jail. If I hit my wife or kicked my wife or pushed my wife or however you saw it, lightly, gently, hardly, working punches, whatever you could possibly see with what Kareem Hunt did, if I did that to my wife, they'd call, she'd call the cops and I'd go to jail. And if there was no video of either one, you'd think I'm the same monster, wouldn't you? You would. Because both are wrong. Well, Ken, there's allegedly, and according to the police reports, she was calling him the N-word. She was yelling that at him. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. It's a horrible thing to say. And she was obviously somebody who was impaired at the time, and she should not have done what she had done. There's no excuse for calling a man that, calling a woman that, calling anybody that. There's no excuse for that. doesn't justify assault. Doesn't justify that. If he tell me this, what's a better outcome for Kareem Hunt? If somebody tells him to hold up his phone and record this woman saying horrible things to him and putting that on social media and having us have a conversation about this, how some people can be tricked into these sort of things, or actually doing what he did, 
where then he lost his job with the Kansas City Chiefs during a playoff run, where then he lost his good standing in the community, where he was a guy who was known as a pillar in this community here in Northeast Ohio, where he bought children tickets to the football game that he played in the stadium against his new team now and was known as one of the guys who had a tough upbringing with his father who's in and out of prison, but consistently was able to make it up to now. Which one would have had a better outcome? Let me ask you that. You shouldn't think about that too long. You shouldn't have to think about that too long. There's no excuse for saying what she said to him, but I don't know who she is. Everybody knows who Kareem Hunt is. If you're listening to this, you absolutely know who Kareem Hunt is. But the problem that we have is that with us as sports fans, we're forced to try to justify these things or or come to our own conclusions or see it. Yes, there is something in terms of believing in second chances. I believe in a second chance, but you got to earn a second chance. There's no such thing as deserving a second chance. But we know, you know what I know, everything I say and everything I just said doesn't matter because eventually when the NFL clears him to play and he does clear, all that gets drowned out by the cheers on Sunday or on Monday night or in the playoffs because he is an exceptionally talented player. We know what Tyreek Hill did to a pregnant woman. We know those stories. There's no video that we saw, but we know those stories. Thank God we don't want to be bothered with that. I don't think they stand and shun Tyreek Hill every time he scores a touchdown in Kansas City. And honestly, fans, why would you? You don't want to be called a person who condones domestic violence or assault. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be called that, and I wouldn't want to call you that. So what this is, is the NFL forces us to have an awkward conversation, and we don't want to have an awkward conversation. Because that's what this is. It's all awkward. Talking about that type of thing, having to try to do the mental gymnastics, it's it's very awkward. It really is. And then we always ask the question, what if it was our daughter? What if it was our mother? What if it was our sister? Well, of course, we'd be pretty upset about that, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? We would. And we know this. The NFL, they allow these guys to play, and they play, and they say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I know. And then we go, okay, he's sorry. And then we we, we, we say that we deserve, so we love second chances in America, and this guy deserves a second chance. And we applaud him. We say, yeah, great, 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 great. When we also know that if the NFL were to come out today and say, you know what, this guy's the last one from here on out, and I know they could get sued, and I know that the the, the, the Players Association get upset, I, I get that. But if the NFL came out and said, listen, all 32 of us owners, we've gotten together with the Players Union, we've side, decided we are putting the kibosh on this. We are taking a stand for females in America. If you can be proven in a court of law to do this, you have the right to seek employment in America again. You have the right to try to better yourself as a person and to try to seek justice in your own right and to try to seek forgiveness from your victim. But there is no place for you in the NFL. We would support that too. You know that. We'd stand up, we'd applaud him. My God, you're finally taking a stand. This is great. Well, you know we won't do that. So basically, what I'm saying is, Everything that I say is all hot air, and everything that you call up with is hot air. Everything that we say means nothing, because on Sunday, it'll all be drowned out. The only thing we're trying to do is avoid a conversation we don't want to have with each other. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Can I point something out? 
and I might uh I might blow five burning questions of smithereens here by accident, Tom, but I'm just gonna do it. Is the dunk contest is tonight, correct? Correct. That's right. There, I'm seeing a Bleach Report video, Gerald Green eleven years ago today. Gerald Green blew out a candle on the rim. He blew out a candle <laughs> of a cupcake on the rim, and you people want to tell me that oh the, the the dunk contest is so boring. Well meanwhile, every July we all stand there and go, Ooh, and ah for glorified batting practice, because that's all the home run derby is. These guys are blowing candles. Blowing them closed, blowing them out, <laughs> blowing them closed, blowing out candles on the rim. But that's boring. Okay, okay. Come on, give a little bit of credit where it's due. All right, go go ahead there, Tom. Sorry, yeah, all you buddy. have to do is wait like four minutes, and you could have done that right in the segment. But it's okay. We'll come back to it. Let's start no, with your boy Matt Kuchar, because I know you've been wanting to talk about this. We finally going to get hey. there. After yeah. those comments, I'm not sure if he's my boy. The drama like that. is finally over, at least, because he's agreed to pay <laughs> 50000 out to David Ortiz, the caddy who initially only got five grand from his $1.3 mil- uh, million in winnings from the Mayakoba Golf Classic last fall. Uh, for those that know golf, typically for situations like this, the caddy sees around 10%. They had supposedly agreed upon 5% before the tournament, but then he ended up winning, which changed the situation. So, after much criticism, he has now paid out 50K. Did Kuchar successfully save face here with this late payment, Ken? I mean, eventually, yeah, he did. The comments that he made made it worse, and he had to apologize for those comments because when he said, hey, to a guy making $200 a week, five grand isn't a bad day or is a pretty good day, and I'm going, you shouldn't have said that. Like, did you ever see the the Seinfeld episode with the muffin stumps? <laughs> it, it is the same thing. Well, they should be happy they're eating at all. Uh, like, no, no, no. It, this goes to show you. And I am, listen, I'm nowhere near the level of anything that what Matt Kuchar is. But when I go out just to be on the safe side, I tip and I tip heavily. And when I even go pick up takeout, I tip. And it's just just in case because we're in a small world. I think I'm a pretty good guy. I can rub people the wrong way, obviously, with or with commentary. But if I see you on the street, I'm more than willing willing to have a civic a civil conversation with you, and and be nice. It's sports. It's entertainment. But I don't want to be a world class ass and not be a good tipper. And I think that if you are anybody who's even known in a little bit of a sense or a big sense like Matt Kuchar, even though I bet Matt Kuchar could walk down the street and no one would know who the hell he is, still, you got to overdo it. And you won the tournament. It was your first win in four years. You could have, yeah, you should have given him a little bit more at the beginning. But he still got 50 grand out of it. So, I mean, what the hell? Just as long as the guy gets the 50 grand. I can't say that many bad things about Matt Kuchar. So, next. Several major leaguers have begun to express public frustration with the state of the free agent market, including Justin Verlander. And just yesterday, perhaps the strongest quote yet was dropped by longtime Cardinals star Adam Wainwright, who said, quote, unless something changes, there's going to be a strike 100 percent. I'm just worried people are going to walk out midseason, end quote. He went on to say that it could even uh, happen as soon as this year. How concerned should baseball fans be about a devastating strike in the near future? I think they should be very concerned. And for a sport where, I and I ripped them last week, telling people that they're going to spend less time in the ballpark is not a way to get them in the ballpark. That's what the BMV does. That's what hospitals do when they put up a billboard that says, hey, your wait time is only seven minutes. Wow, it's only seven minutes. I guess we need to go to the clinic. I think we need to go to university. You don't do that for a baseball game. 
That's the wrong thing to do. You need to promote stars. And not having stars on a field trying to be able to entertain people is the wrong way to go about your business. I think people should be worried about this. Because this reeks of, what was it, 1984 when it was a $280 million lawsuit with baseball? Was that the year? When there was the proof, and we've been talking a lot about collusion today, with the collusion with the owners, with keeping salaries down because there is no there is no strong cap, you better do something there because it, it's it's going to get nasty real quick. Nineteen ninety, thank you. It's eighty four. I was way off. So you have that nineteen ninety where it was two hundred eighty million. You better get something figured out because this is going to get ugly, and you cannot. I don't think you can afford a work stoppage. You cannot do that. That's horrible to your product. That's horrible to what summer's supposed to be. Summer is still about baseball. There are still plenty, plenty of strong baseball fans who love your game, and there's plenty of people who you could still bring in as fans of your game. you got to make some One of them being promoting your stars and promoting their personalities. you got to get them out there in the field. Next. Sir Charles Barkley raised some eyebrows after he went on PTI this week and blamed Magic Johnson for the Lakers' misfortunes this season. The quote was, I think Magic Johnson dropped the ball by letting all that Anthony Davis trade speculation become so public and not speaking to his team or meeting with them sooner. I think the uncertainty with Luke Walden is playing in everyone's mind. I think all those distractions will be the end of the Lakers making the playoffs. Is it fair to blame Magic Johnson for the Lakers' issues this season? He has a hand in it. Oh, he has a hand in it. Magic Johnson... Magic Johnson, I'm sure, is a good person. He has been a very poor team president, general manager. If he was in charge of any other franchise or he wasn't who he was, he might have been fired already. You can't do this. You can't talk, make jokes about Luol Deng, who is injured, and make jokes about how you wish you weren't paying his salary when he is still on your team. You can't do that. You cannot consistently be tampering with this. And people are going to go, well, yes, you can. You're the Lakers, and he's Magic Johnson. You can do these things. Well, obviously you can't because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I told you yes, or told you last week, March 9th's the date. And then they went out and they lost a couple of more games, didn't they, Tom? So March 9th's the date. You have played plenty of contenders. If you can't get to the seventh seed or better, someone needs to talk LeBron into letting that groin flare up again and shutting him down for the year. Because I still think, I, I know that we can say that it's an embarrassment for LeBron to not make the postseason. Got it. Heard it before. I think it's more embarrassing for him to go in as an eight seed with a team that hates him and then get his ass kicked by the Golden State Warriors in a four-game sweep. You take the game off. You take the rest of the season off. Your team doesn't make the playoffs. You ship the guys out of there who obviously do not like you. And you've caused this own mutiny. And Magic has parted caused this own mutiny. And then after the season, you go and you get your free agents. And in, in one of them, maybe Kevin Durant, or Kevin Durant's still going to be out of your hair because he'll probably be out of Golden State. And then you have yourself a shot again. But all this, this is not good stuff. And Magic is absolutely culpable in it. Next. The flip side of this NBA blame game features the New Orleans Pelicans, whose fans are now regularly booing the franchise's best ever player, whose coach has now called the team a dumpster fire, and who just Ooh. fired their GM, Del Demps. He said the situation's a dumpster the, fire. The situation, I think yes. he was calling Drew Holiday a dumpster no, fire. No, he's the one who isn't. But anyway, just yeah. today, earlier today in Charlotte at the All-Star festivities, Anthony Davis was publicly discussing his destination wish list and which teams are and aren't on it. He claimed the Celtics have always been on it. So, Ken, who actually deserves to take the most blame for the current mess in New Orleans? Rich Paul? <laughs> Is Rich Paul a good answer? Right? Can that be the answer? I think that's the answer. Does that mean it's actually LeBron? 
Anthony Davis made a critical error. He said he wanted out. LeBron never said he wanted out, Tom. Both times. He never he never came out and said it until it was over. The first time in Cleveland and the second time in Cleveland. And the first time and the only time in Miami. He never said it. You don't do that. You don't let the you don't tell people bad news. You don't tell your wife you want a divorce and then you guys just go to the family picnic. You don't do that. On her side of the family. That's what Anthony Davis basically did. Told his wife, I'm leaving you, and I want a divorce. Now let's go to your side of the family's picnic while you're crying. That's what he did. Hey, fam. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You bastard. Why? I just I just want a better situation. That's all That's all I want. How, how could you boo me? Oh, because you're never leaving New Orleans and you're Pelicans fans and, and I can just go wherever I want without fear of real serious reprisal? You're really booing me? Oh, wow, come on. That's how people act. And I love how we've we've faked people, faked fans, into believing that and into, into, into subscribing to that. That's the most ridiculous thing out of all of that. Do you want to do that? I know what you're going to get to with, with the fifth one. Can we do it when we come back? Sure. All right, because I know Presti's standing by. Tom and I are going to get into an argument when we come back, folks. That is, uh, what did you say there to me, Tom? Ah, oh, Kevin Dexter's coming up. Okay, hold on. When we come back, folks, Tom and I are going to get into what has become a time-honored tradition argument with Cleveland fans, with ESPN usually, and with what happened, what really happened when the Browns moved to Baltimore with Bill Belichick. It's all coming up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern, Darius Miles is going to join us. Former NBA player, actor. All-around triple threat guy. He was a musician too, right? Don't tell me he didn't end up on an album, Tom. I only I'm found old. acting credits, but maybe I have to look deeper for the, the music credit. I'm going to see what's going on at, at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. I don't know where Tom's going to go on this. Because I've gotten used to arguing this out. And some people are going, ah, you know, you ought to be thinking differently about this. Well, we'll see where Tom stands on this. Tom, I I only let him do four burning questions out of the five because I knew what the fifth one was going to be, and we went a little long, and I went, you know what, just we'll do it now. So, Tom, go ahead and give me that fifth burning question, and then let's get going here. Well, it's not so much a question as just pointing out that the day has arrived when people like to point out that the uh, Cleveland Browns historically fired Bill Belichick except that that's not exactly the whole story, uh, is it, Ken? I know. This frosts my ass is about as good as anything else out there. You know, if you're a Browns fan, and, and I speak for the majority of them, but not all of them, okay? There's a lot of things that you can look at the Cleveland Browns on and look at, and that's a failure, that's ugly, that's the, the, uh, just a, a horrible organization from top to bottom over the last 17 years. Hopefully things are going to be a lot different now because Baker Mayfield's here and people are really excited about him. We're hoping, right? But every single year, and people people go, yeah, you know, they're terrible. We got it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But every single year this gets brought up. And it's always it's February 15th. It was yesterday when this came out that it was 23 years ago that the Cleveland Browns fired Bill Belichick. And away people go with their Belichick jokes, with their Browns jokes, with everything else. And we have to continuously, and I and I mean every year, continuously, it's like paying taxes, go, no, that wasn't the Cleveland Browns, that was the Baltimore Football Club. And then an argument ensues. 
It's just simple facts. They were no longer the Cleveland Browns. They had moved. They had not had a name. They had already arrived in Baltimore. They still did not have the name the Ravens yet. And Art Modell, as the owner of the Baltimore Football Club, fired Bill Belichick. But Bill Belichick was no longer the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He was the head coach of the Baltimore Football Club when he was fired. He was not fired by the Browns. The Browns have done a lot of stupid things for a long time, and I'm hoping that changes, obviously. But they did not, and I underline, did not fire Bill Belichick. Tom, your rebuttal. I mean, I don't have a rebuttal, really, except that maybe maybe you can correct me on the timeline, too. They hadn't... They hadn't actually moved yet when this happened, but the franchise had changed over. Is that right? According to what I'm to read, let me get the Daryl Ryder here because Daryl okay. Ryder has the yes. he has the timeline of when this happened. The Good. Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. On in the, he talks about the inaccuracy of the report. He said the Browns didn't fire him. And he goes back and he got the dates on February 9th, 1996. NFL owners approved Modell's request to relocate his NFL franchise to Baltimore and the reestablishment of the Browns for the 1999 season. On February 15th, it was after that day when they did that, the Browns were frozen. So they were no longer the Browns. On February 15th, 1996, Modell, owner of the newly founded Baltimore franchise, not the Browns, fired Bill Belichick. There you go. It was February 9th, 1996. The Browns didn't fire Bill Belichick. And then there will be people, well, didn't Browns fans want Bill Belichick fired? Yes, until they went to the playoffs. Then they didn't want him fired. Well, what about the bad record they finished with? They said they were moving the team in the middle of the season. They were at the top of the division when they said they moved the team, when they were going to move the team. They finished 5-11. and 11. They finished 5-11. and 11. And that was based on Art Modell's decision. This is why when Art Modell gets brought up, and yeah, I know there's people in Baltimore listening right now, and I know that as a fact because my buddy's driving around in Baltimore listening, I think 96.5. Uh, there's people in Baltimore listening, right? We get it, I know. Get it. No, if you were accused of something yourself for a long time and you didn't do it, or if your football team was, it would probably bother you. If you didn't have anything else, because since then, hey, the Browns have been a mess. Not denying that. I'm not denying that the Browns haven't been a dumpster fire. They have been every single bit that up until this last year, and we're hoping it's going to be different. But they've been a dumpster fire since then. Not taking any of that away. They've done a lot of bad things, made a lot of bad decisions. They didn't fire Bill. They didn't fire Bill Belichick. Art Modell is the guy who fired Bill Belichick. Art Modell fired him and Paul Brown. Bill Belichick learned everything from Paul Brown. He'll say it himself. Art Modell fired them both. Okay, Tom? I think that's fair, and I think the Browns fans have enough to answer for in general without having to bear this burden when it's technically not even true. But I can I can totally understand also how seeing every it, year. Yeah, it happens I every say, year. I can see how triggering it is that when it, when it pops it, up every it, it year, is, it makes you crazy. It is not. It is it is absolutely that. That is the best way to put it. Yes, we get extremely triggered when that gets brought up because at that time people people despise and I underline this despised despised Art Motel. I, I mean, there it was a true outrageous hate at that time, and it still is. Still is. 
I know that Art Modell's passed on. I'm not going to say anything bad about the dead. But you know how I probably feel about the memory. Okay? So that being said, Art Modell fired Bill Belichick. It was not the Cleveland Browns. And no matter if the Browns go on to great heights with Baker Mayfield or go right back to the bottom of the dumpster, who the hell knows what they're going to do? Still didn't fire Bill Belichick and every single year. And now they'd be, it's become more because it's repeated every year. Because with social media, it almost feels like fans are being trolled with it. Every single year, they find themselves that they have to defend the honor of their favorite football team because they weren't the team that fired Bill Belichick. And who knows what that 95 bronze team would have done. Probably would have done some good things. Maybe they wouldn't have done some good things. Maybe Bill Belichick still would have been fired eventually as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. But it doesn't matter. The Browns didn't fire him. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We got Darius Miles at 120. Colin Kaepernick's a lot of things. He's not a fraud. He's a professional activist now. And we started off the show with Colin Kaepernick, and there were a lot of different discussions. And the problem that I have with always bringing up Colin Kaepernick, and it happened when the Nike ad came out, and that's where you don't want to be a sissy. I don't want to be a sissy and not talk about things that are, can be controversial here. We can't always talk about box scores. There's things that are obviously very serious in America, but this is what this boils down to. This came down to the second call of the day that we took from Pat in Wisconsin. Pat in Wisconsin is not a fan of right-wing politics. The first caller we had was obviously not a fan of left-wing politics. And when we get radio show hosts involved in this, let me tell you about this. I'll tell you my, my experience talking about Colin Kaepernick, and I'll tell you what I felt about the Colin Kaepernick situation. Under no circumstances am I supposed to turn this into what I say is law and what I say is the absolute 100% truth out of all of this stuff. It's the truth is how I see it. It's, it's my experience, but it's supposed to be from an entertainment purpose only. And what's happened with Colin Kaepernick in this entire discussion, and over the next hour, if we do it, I'm not going to allow it to happen. I don't care what you think of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I don't care how you feel about Mitch McConnell. I don't give a damn. We're not doing that. I'm not going to allow it. What it comes down to is this. Do you think that it was worth it for Colin Kaepernick? Do you think that he will play in the NFL again? That's it. I'm not Rush Limbaugh, and I'm not Sean Hannity, and I'm not Combs. I ain't any one of them. Okay? That's where it stands at. Because we take these kind of conversations and we have watered it down so much to where it just becomes people going, okay, I got it, Colin Kaepernick. But for what Colin Kaepernick did, I'll stick to the facts of what it was. Colin Kaepernick's entire problem was what? He thought he was a starting level quarterback in the NFL, and then Pete Carroll justified that when he said it. Then you have a grievance fired with, filed with the NFL. When I look over his stats, 72 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, a 4-2 and record in the postseason, 16 touchdowns and 4 interceptions, you can't tell me that if he never would have sat during the National Anthem, he wouldn't have got a job again. You know that's wrong. You know that's wrong. Tyrod Taylor, he had, he had a lot of touchdowns or a few touchdowns and basically no interceptions. He didn't sit during the National Anthem. Tyrod Taylor got a job. Tyrod Taylor started the season in Cleveland. That was one of the examples of a contract that was used in the grievance. So you can't tell me. And if it's just based on that, then yes, Colin Kaepernick had a case. Him winning, or excuse me, him getting the settlement is as good as him winning. The NFL wanting to get this away, I don't think this is a win-win. To this 
not justifies, but it solidifies what Colin Kaepernick is working for. There's things that Colin Kaepernick has done that I don't agree with. And when he first sat down during the National Anthem, I was incensed. The National Anthem means a lot to me, means a lot to friends who definitely, and this is where we get it mixed up, and this is where some of these radio show hosts get off on a tangent. I didn't serve. A lot of the radio show hosts, they didn't serve either. If you served, you can say it. I I didn't serve, so I can't sit there and say it. I won't say it because there's been a lot of guys who had way more guts than I ever did who actually did go over there and serve. And because of that, and because I am thankful for that, yeah, the national anthem means a hell of a lot to me. Absolutely it does. And when he did it, I was incensed. I wish he would have done it the other way. But I also have to realize what the definition of protest is. Protest isn't supposed to be convenient. Protest isn't supposed to be something I can put over there by the side and say, okay, I'll get to you later. Protest is supposed to be in the face and peaceful, but something that is going to be thought-provoking and something that could possibly change our minds. That's what protest is supposed to be. And I didn't like it, what he did. I didn't like it that other players did it because I saw the other people who were around it that had to deal with the outrage of what football fans were saying who had nothing to do with it. Season ticket people who are getting screamed at on the phone. So, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts to this, but I'm not going to play it down one side of the aisle or the other. So we'll do it when we come back. Do you think Colin Kaepernick's going to play again? Because I sure as hell don't. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 